Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batista. Alongside me is Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. The Locked On Hawks Postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Deshaun, the Hawks, we're looking to get back in the win column, of course, after a close loss, tough loss to the Clippers on Monday, but didn't happen in Boston tonight. We'll get into it in the good, the bad, and the ugly of this game in the and one. Then, of course, we'll talk about the pesky trade rumors that just won't go away less than 24 <laughs> hours outside of the trade deadline in who got next. But first, got to give you our takes on tonight's game, a tough 125-117 loss to the Celtics. But Deshaun, you said it's not a moral victory, but but <laughs> <laughs> you got to give the Hawks some credit. I mean, listen, when you're without a, when you're without you know a starter, obviously a guy who's your lead offensive rebounder. We're not gonna pretend like he gives you a ton on the offensive end. We don't want to pretend and play that game, but. Um, you know, also being, you know, essentially, you know, you're not going to get the same, you know, a duplicate copy or carbon copy of what DeAndre Hunter gave you off the pine, whatnot, um, in the last game against the Clippers. But, you know, when you're without starters, you're already under man, your bench, you know, looks as, looks as bad as, you know, me coming off the bench, probably. Um, it's just, I mean, I give them, I give them the credit for what they were able to do and hang in there for as long as they were able to hang in there for. Especially when you start talking about Trey Young, maybe not having. I mean, I know it's crazy to say this, but like twenty and ten is just kind of it's kind of a shallow night. It feels like at least recently with Trey's play, right? So um, I think that the thing is, is, is it gave us something that we can build upon, right? See, maybe what we did that you know um didn't work some stuff that was working but you just didn't have enough firepower because i feel like that's ultimately what it was um and probably even more so let's just be honest about it it's something that nobody really wants to talk about something that nobody wants to say but not only was boston the better team tonight but boston is the better team period and that's just what it is point blank period period point blank and when you consider all of that then you'll understand my optimism um behind this team i kind of felt like i knew that it was pretty much over and that the hawks weren't going to have a point uh have a uh have a chance any longer uh at the point where i think they were down by 11 it was eight minutes left in the fourth quarter it didn't look like the hawks were going to be able to kind of um counter punch like they had been the whole game and uh boston was just keeping their foot on the gas no breaks and Al Horford was looking like vintage Grand Ledge, Michigan, Al Horford. Now, you may not be familiar to Nietzsche, you and the listeners and what have you, but I grew up right around the corner, right down the street, watching Al Horford when he was so skinny, it looked like he could hula hoop in a rubber band, okay? There wasn't all this big, broad shoulders and everything else. He looked like the version of that Al Horford on tonight, and I think that is just the cherry on top of, you know, all-star guys on the roster, Adam Porzingis, and amongst other things. Yeah, I I would agree. And I was wondering if this was 37-year-old Al Horford or (laughs) 27-year-old Al Horford. I'm getting old. 
<laughs> yes. I couldn't figure it out because, yeah, Al Horford definitely had himself a game. He just continues to find ways to make himself viable for that Celtics team. It's, it's just amazing to me. And I have to agree with you. We kind of chuckled about it because we said, hey, this is not that show where we're going to be championing moral victories. Like, nah. we don't play that here. Nah. But you got to admit, this was one of those things where it's like, not that we want losing to be a thing, but yeah. this loss did kind of hit different because we mm. were having a legitimate conversation about a competitive Hawks team for three straight quarters. Yeah. Actually, three and a half. I think you make the great yeah. point that they hung in until right around that mark where it became a double-digit lead, 11 points, and all of a sudden it was like you could see the Celtics just pull away. It almost felt like for every two possessions where the, the Celtics converted, then the Hawks would get you one back. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it was every time the Celtic, the Hawks would go down and score two, Celtics would come back and score three. And that yeah. was really kind of your margin because before that you had a one-point margin between quarters and then you had a four-point margin between quarters. So it really was like you could call it an even game. And then that was kind of the place where it kind of came away. And I think, too, oddly enough, you know, the Celtics are that team where they're going to just try to shoot the lights out from three. You know them. They live by the three. They die mm-hmm. by the three. So mm-hmm. it's not inherent to them, even if they have – the advantage inside, it's not inherent to them to go inside. It's just not what they do. But I think in that fourth quarter, they finally realized, okay, if we're going to put this guy, these guys away, we we got two seven-footers that we can put on the floor at the same mm-hmm. time. And we can play with these two centers, and we can do just fine not going to the perimeter because they weren't having as good of a night as they normally have from three. Both teams had a solid night, but nobody played great from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. But I will say that one of the places where finally you got inside and it kind of reminded me of a conversation you and I had all the way back to last season at the trade deadline and Jarvis Davis and I were having as well. He's a part of, of course, Locked On Sports Atlanta. And we were talking about those guys that, you know, maybe the Hawks had an outside chance of getting or maybe in free agency they could get him. Christoph Porzingis was one of yeah, those guys. Yeah, was one of those guys. Yeah, no doubt. And he's one of those where you don't care about him being injury prone. It's funny because I was listening uh, as I was watching on on uh, TV and one of the broadcasters said, yeah, but he's injury prone. You know what? Take your chances. He's that mm-hmm. good. You no doubt. Take, yeah, you take a chance. So it was once Christoph Porzingis really, really started to hit his stride and even Luke Cornett coming in when they had the two uh, seven-footers on the floor at the same time, that's where you saw this game really kind of get away from the Hawks. Sure. I think, too, it's also we're going to talk about what this might look like if tomorrow happens the way some pundits are saying it happens. This is what happens when you don't have DeJounte Murray in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is where you see the fallout, if you will. So, yeah, bogey in the lineup it gave you a decent night. But 12 points and six rebounds is kind of the stat line I want from Bogey when Bogey's coming off the bench. That's the mm-hmm. stat line I want from him when he's leading the second unit. That's not the stat line I want or nor need from him if he's coming in to fill in at the two. That, that That's not what, what – and so we know with DeJounte. Remember a couple nights ago we were talking about this with the Warriors game. DeJounte had 19 points. Yeah. It was quite as double – Dang near double double. Yeah, ever. it really was. Yeah. Because he influenced the game so much in other spaces that never showed up on the stat line that night, right? That got the game to overtime. And then, of course, he took over in overtime. That's where you miss a DeJounte Murray. And you really, really saw that tonight as that game wore on because at this point, Deshaun, we're calling him five in the fourth quarter. And we didn't have five. Yeah, in the yeah that's true. We did. We did. I think, um, you know, and I, that, 
I don't know how, but that's another guy that I forgot to mention out of that starting lineup. But, you know, and, and people want to know maybe where some of this positivity come from, because some people just live on the, well, we lost. You're sheeny like it's a win. No, I'm definitely not doing that. But when you look at some of these numbers for all the, I call them math nerds, but I guess analytics guys, I guess the more correct way to say it. Uh, just a couple of things I noticed. The Hawks shot 42% from the field. Obviously, you know, Boston shot 52% from yeah. the field, so it's a little bit better. But 42% from the field is not atrocious by any means. I mean, it could be better, but it's not terrible. 31% obviously from three is what hurt, but Boston also didn't shoot well from three at 34% either. Um, I, you know, you always ask me going into, you know, the, on the, 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 our third segment on who's mm -hmm. got next. What do they need to do going into the other game? When we finished up with the Clippers, you asked me about this Boston right. game. I said that they need to be able to make their shots from the charity stripe. They shot 90% from there. 49 yep. rebounds to 45 rebounds without somebody like a Clint Capella. Uh, the Hawks had the edge on that on tonight with all those seven-footers from Boston. Eight right. steals for the terrible defensive team that the Hawks is in comparison to six steals from Boston. Only nine turnovers in comparison to Boston's 14. Yeah, yeah. single-digit turnovers I think is always good. And then there were plus nine on the, four, on the from fast break points as well. Um, so they were able to get up and down the floor a little bit better than in Boston and only lost in paint points by two points for a team yeah. that's undermanned in the paint. So again, right. now you can kind of see where some of that optimism is coming from just a little bit. Indeed. And those were the things that we called out for the Clippers game. And there were moments where we also talked about the fact that we wanted to see two things. Number one, we wanted to see more transition threes from them. And we saw that we wanted to mm -hmm. see them get out. Like you said, um, we're getting more fast break points and we saw attention and commitment to coming back on the fast break and in looking at the Celtics, a team that, like I said, loves to jack up a three and they love transition threes early on in that game. They were two yes. from three and they were over two on transition threes. And I think they got to the half and it may have even been four over four. So you look at those things and that's why, like you said, we're not saying that, Hey, we're excited or happy about a, a loss. But when we look back at the Clippers, uh, post game that we postcast that we did and we talked about keys to winning this particular game mm -hmm. they actually won in every area that they we did had they did and one more thing before we wrap up you got to look back at the last time they played this was one of those games the hawks were hoping for so that they could have gotten a split of the season series um or put themselves in an easier position because at that point you'd be one one and then it makes it easier to split the season series now you got to go get those other two to split it as mm -hmm. far as eastern conference wins but when you look at how they played that game which i think was a 10 point loss for them back on november 26th and you compare it to this eight point loss i'm telling you it's not just the difference in two points it's when you dig into those stats in those key areas where the hawks usually excel and they did tonight even though they lost this is what you want to see in a loss i love you it gotta dig in to see where they can capitalize on it. And we'll talk more about that in piece of the game. But got a little good, bad, ugly for you when we come back in the and one. This episode of our Locked on Hawks postcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Now, passion, drive, patience. You really saw a lot of that in this game tonight with the Hawks. They were passionate. They came out with drive and intensity. And a lot of times when they had a good shot, there were times where they would say, you know what? We'll wait, pass this ball off, and we'll get better shots. That's why you were able to get 24 assists from the Hawks tonight, which is still not a bad number. Why is that important? Because that's what you need to see in the team that's getting back to their winning ways. That's what you need to see 
in getting a win with eBay Motors. Now, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits. And you know, I tell you guys all the time that I love my seat covers because they do make a difference on the interior of my ride. So whether you're into speed, power, or style like me, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. And as I mentioned as well, not only are we sponsored by and brought to you by eBay Motors, but also we are brought to you by Prize Picks. Now, it's one of those interesting times where we're kind of right in the middle of closing out on the football season and now also moving into the big time part of the basketball season. We're going to talk a little bit about that, the trade piece, and of course, All-Star. You know, we got some good for that. But before we do, let me tell you a little bit about Prize Picks. It's America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's demon time on prize picks. That's interesting, but you can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into 1000 And who doesn't need a grand right about now? Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. So you can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. And don't forget that prize picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this basketball season. So Players and stat types you're selecting, hmm, you might want to go at Trey Young because, hey, he still had himself a night, so don't forget what a good look it is for him, especially if you're looking at a player in Trey Young, an all-star reserve, who is averaging 27 points and about 10 assists a game. Good look for you. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Who doesn't need 100 bucks as well? Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is picking more, picking less, and doing it easy. All right, let's do a little bit of a different kind of deep dive. This was one of those games where it was well played. It wasn't one that we have a lot to pick and choose from and say a lot of things on what the Hawks should have done better because they did a lot of things better. But before we go there, we would be remiss because this show has been all about telling you our thoughts and keeping it all the way real since January 26th when we found out that 11 wasn't going to Indy. Mm-hmm. And then about a week later, we find out 11 still ain't going to Indy. So mm-hmm. he wasn't selected as an all-star starter, despite getting the, well, it started off as like number two in the fan votes. And then when they do the aggregates and all that, it ends up at number four amongst guards, I believe. And then you get to the point where they're naming reserves, crickets. Mm-hmm. But you kind of know there's a shot there. Julius Randle is injured. Joel Embiid mm-hmm. is injured. 
So there are two opportunities for Trey to get himself into this game. And post-game Saturday, Steph Curry said he told Trey, just keep doing you, keep playing with joy, keep focusing on playing good basketball, and, you know, don't worry, these things are going to come. And lo and behold, three days later, Commissioner Adam Silver announces that Trey Young is one of two guys who's added in for Embiid and Randall, the other, of course, being Scotty Barnes from the Raptors. I just want to say, Eastern Conference Player of the Week your, one of the questions that you posed and many others have posed is this. Is it about wins, losses? Because if we're looking at W's and L's and we're looking at who made this team, the math ain't mathing. Mm-hmm. But I thought it very interesting because maybe the math is mathing when you get Eastern Conference Player of the Week because you took your team to a 3-0 record during that week. And then the next day, you get the all-star reserve nod on injury replacement. Just saying. Just saying. Go figure, right? You know, I don't know if any of this, you know, we always hear – was hearing things about oh well, how political it is and all these other things and you know I, I I've heard some what I feel like sometimes is ridiculousness like nobody likes Trey Young and maybe it's something personal I don't know if that any of, I, that's just that's just something that's hard for me to get on board with about how you know and and I know that there's probably some validity there I don't think they question that I just don't I'm not sure that that's enough to keep someone off completely. If you told me that this was more of a Nike-driven league and because there's an Adidas thing there, then I might have a little bit more belief in maybe that <laughs> having something to do with it. Um, but nonetheless, and I, I heard this on the broadcast tonight and definitely got to credit the people who come up with it, Brian Scalabrini on the on the Boston um, 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 cast oh, on that tonight. Broadcast, yeah. Correct, the broadcast. Um, Trey Young, right? Tops score tops all scores in NBA history all time for the for sixth in points per minute all time. Also, top assist players in the history all time fifth in assists per minute. Not a single soul of the twenty five best scorers in the NBA history of all time can say that they have been in that conversation. So I think that that kind of goes to say a little bit about how cerebral he is as a player, how balanced he is between scoring the basketball and getting other guys involved. He's not a guy that has, you know, four Hall of Famers on a team the way the Clippers do. He's not a guy that, you know, has has a, a reigning MVP the way that uh, 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 Tyreek's Maxi does. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's 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 dealt the cards, you know, given the cards that he's dealt, he's got to play that hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but congratulations, you know, to, to Trey Young. Yeah. Um, be, obviously being an advocate of, of his and um, finding a way, you know, to get himself on that, uh, on that all-star roster. I'm sure he's going to do well and represent himself well too. Yeah, and I like the fact that in addition to all of the accolades that you mentioned that are legacy accolades, here's the real-time stat is that he's the only player currently averaging at least 25 points and 10 assists Mm -hmm. across the entirety of the league. So when you're able to do something that no other player in the entirety of the league is able to do, one might think you get your third nod as an all-star. One might. Yeah, but I, I will go back to saying that I think it was an all of the above situation because like we talked about getting some insight from an insider who said that it was all of the above, that he still kind of had that dark cloud lingering overhead mm-hmm. about being the coach killer of mm-hmm. two well-respected coaches mm-hmm. and that he's the guy that kind of runs folks out of town, mm-hmm. uh, play other players, you know, not easy to get along with, et cetera, et cetera. I think 
some of those things and, and being a, a selfish player, some of those things, unfortunately, they do linger. So whether yeah. they're 100 percent true today may not be a valid point, mm-hmm. but on the same token, they do linger. However, a lot of times, Deshaun, you know how this league works. This is a player driven league. Mm-hmm. And if an OG stands up for you, mm-hmm. that speaks volumes. That says a whole lot. Yes. And both LeBron James, who it was a very like pointed, very direct tweet about what he thought about. I mean, he said a point blank, dude needs to be an all-star, but no then doubt. he started dropping some knowledge and some stats. And then Steph Curry pulls him aside after the game. And then he talks about it again, post game, two of your biggest names. Yeah. You, you, the faces of the NBA are basically saying, put him on, put him in. So I think when you get some advocacy from those guys too, it makes a difference and not just for this year, but uh-huh. that could be the start of, remember, I was asking the question about how you change the narrative. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is you don't change the narrative yourself. A lot of it is you change the narrative from guys who have that kind of cachet to help. That's you. right. That's right. And I'm glad that you said that. The concerning part for me on that is I think those were questions that were posed to both of those guys after the game of which they played the Atlanta Hawks. Kind of curious to know if those teams were not on the schedule that night, if they would have been asked that to even give it a chance to be pushed along that far. That's just the first thing, because I hope it shouldn't have taken that. Um, But even yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Outside of that. Um, you know, I'm not as as much hate as Draymond Green gets. He found himself on the on All Star rosters as well. Um, outside of slapping people around and everything else, Trey's never done any of that. Um, and still find himself off of you know and uh, of the All Star roster some way somehow. But regardless of whether people like you, love you, hate you, anything in between, whatever the case may be, it should still have nothing to do with what should ultimately get you on the roster, which is your numbers and things like that. And and for whatever reason, other stuff gets added into it, and I'm not in love with that at all. Yeah, and that's a bigger question that the NBA and other leagues have to answer because mm-hmm. you have decide who's going to dictate who makes that team as far as all starters and how your reserves are selected as well as how your injury replacements are selected so mm-hmm. that's probably a conversation a larger conversation that has to happen with the association now before we wrap up we look at this game and again i felt like there weren't too many good bad uglies but i gotta ask you give me one good that maybe we didn't mention in that first segment that you wanted to shout out one bad and if there's anything ugly from tonight's game yeah, no doubt. I think that the ugly is that, uh, can you say bench upgrade? I think it's pretty clear that that's something that this team needs and a defensive upgrade with, with, with the Hawks being at the bottom defensively in the NBA. Um, I think that that's necessary and needed ASAP. As far as some good, I think there's plenty. I'll leave you with this one. Oyeka Okongu, I think it was important to keep a close eye on his contribution in the absence of Clint Capella. Um, I, I, I definitely give him, you know, an A grade these last couple games. Yeah. Seeing him make yet another three point shot, converting <laughs> on that, that's five games in a row that he's yeah. hit a three point shot. And then I definitely want to give some flowers to Bruno Fernando because I believe that his activity since Clint Capella has been out being on the second string as well, being really aggressive. He's been seizing that opportunity well for himself. Yeah, I'll, I'll give my good to them, too. I got to give my real good to Sadiq Bey because he definitely has shown up and showed out. And remember, I was a little concerned after he sat out the game with the injury and he came back. Oh, man, I hope they didn't rush him back too soon. But at mm-hmm. night. A nice game, 25 points in 36 minutes. Four of seven for three is the stat I wanted to point out because he had had such a stretch. I think it was something like 340 shots that he took 
of threes that he didn't make. And a shooter's going to shoot. But when you yep. see something like that happen, that's very, very encouraging. I think the bad was at the end of the day, you didn't have DeJounte. And yeah. I feel like that's yep. who could have gotten you this win. I truly feel like that because you saw you saw that you missed five in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything ugly per se other than Al Horford reminded us just what kind of big <laughs> you actually need in this yeah. league. And I'm yeah. just going to leave it right there. And we had him here at one point in time, too. So there's a little bit of a tie there. Yeah, you got to remember. Yeah, that, that hits a little bit different for us. So anyway, we will talk a little bit more about who's got next when we come back. Because, hey, there's still a trade deadline less than 24 hours away. Will the Hawks or won't they? Hmm. We'll talk about it. This episode of our Lockdown Hawks postcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Now, you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event, but let's just say that you're somebody who didn't have access to the pre-sale Usher tickets to drop today, or maybe next week, money's kind of funny, may not want to buy the ticket right now when he comes to the A. I think it's October 17th and the 18th, closer to the day you might want to check out Game Time because they have killer Last-minute deals, I can attest to it. All-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So you can see last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, et cetera. Just a lot of good things that you could take advantage of with this particular app. And that guarantee is what I like as well because it means you're always going to get the best price if you happen to find tickets in the same section and the same row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Now, terms do apply, but again, go ahead and create that account, redeem the code. It's spelled L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download that Game Time app today right after you finish watching our Locked On Hawks postcast for your last minute tickets for your lowest prices because it's all guaranteed. All right, Deshaun. So another round 1,775. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the rumor mill on these darn trades. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. Like, and, and it's funny because we didn't talk about it a whole heck of a lot of, over, say, the past two or three games because DeJounte Murray has just been playing lights out and we've gotten some information, some intel from the inside that Quinn Snyder was lobbying to to keep DeJounte Murray. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, maybe all is quiet on the home front until today, of course. Mm -hmm. We got a little bit of word, uh, even Chris Haynes, who's with Bleacher Report, Yahoo Sports, Turner Sports, et cetera, was talking about the possibility of a trade between the Hawks and Pels. Now, there's not a lot of information about what the Hawks will receive, but there sure is a lot about what they're willing to give up. Now, the report that you and I read said the Pels and Hawks, New Orleans Pelicans, of course, indeed had held tangible trade talks this week. Those are league sources reporting to Yahoo Sports, of which, like we said, Chris Haynes is a part. Mm-hmm. That included various concepts and various iterations of what a deal would look like, but one of them actually had DeJounte Murray, Onyeka Okongwu, and Clint Capella going to the Pelicans. Now, here's the thing. There's not been a whole lot of traction between Atlanta and New Orleans, but there has been a lot of conversation about the possibility. That struck me. Three starters? Mm -hmm. So I guess my first question to you, Deshaun, is 
the heck could the Pelicans send over that would compensate the Hawks for DeJounte Murray, whom we have now affectionately called fourth quarter five, mm-hmm. Clint Capella, and Anyaka Okongwu, who has been really doing a bang-up job when he is called into play as a starter, like he did tonight with 19 points and 10 rebounds, and really on those offensive boards, he's been a good look. He really helped the Hawks with second-chance points tonight, which was a part of keeping them in the game, right? And now with Clint Capella out, you really are uh, – I'm sorry, when Clint Capella was in, you saw that nice balance sometimes when Double O and CC were playing at the same time. So this one was a head-scratcher because I don't think I've ever heard – a rumor prior to tonight that the Hawks were even willing to consider a trade where they part ways with those three. Right. Especially those three of all of the players that we could potentially be talking about. I think that, um, and I don't know how much, excuse me, weight that any of this carries and whatever, what have you. I think that it's a little bit more of a, um, maybe not smoke screen, but it's just hard to, um, gauge the validity of some of it without having all the details regarding what the Hawks get in return. Indeed. It can all pretty much essentially feels like it's going to lead to one thing, and that is to blow the team up. Um, you know, we've had conversations in recent history about mm-hmm. what that could look like or even just entertaining that option. Um, that's not something that we know for a fact is going to happen or that what they want to do, mm-hmm. but just the idea of what that could potentially look like. So we definitely want to get people in on this at locked on ATL social media at takes take hoops. Also obviously on Tanisha's Twitter as well um, to let us know in the event that there is something in the works, yeah. um, you know, with new Orleans, what do you want to see? I got a good feeling that I'm going to hear the same name over and over and over. That's got four letters in it. Um, you know, also could be, could be Brandon Ingram. I don't know how people feel about that, entertaining that idea. Both of those guys being Duke guys that I know Tanisha loves so much. But outside of that fact, um, you know, we just want to kind of hear from the people. What do you want in return? What do you think is fair? What are you willing to give up? Are you even willing to give up those pieces? Because those are some very critical. I mean, we're talking about giving up two guys, your starting center and your backup center in that same piece. Um, in that same conversation, and I'm not sure. Actually, I am sure that as much as the flowers that I gave Bruno Fernando earlier, I'm not ready to see number 24 in the starting row. Yeah, at all, at all. <laughs> and, I, and, and the question that I kept asking was, trade who for what? Right. Because I'm not seeing where there's equity there. I'm looking up and down this depth chart, and yep, I have my phone in my hand because I keep thinking I'm missing something mm-hmm. in the depth chart for the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other and than I'm not. Any, no, no, no. Exactly. I was like, is it me? Because who are you sending over? Brandon Ingram, <laughs> Jones, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, who are you sending over? Now, if you're talking about Jonas Valanciunas, I might give you half a pass only because he's younger. I'm not saying that he's better than Clint necessarily, but the youth might give you something because you do get 14 points, nearly 10 rebounds a game. I'm okay with that, but mm. I still am a little bit nervous about what do you, is it Brandon Ingram? Herb Jones, and I'm going back to Herb Jones because you know that's the one place where I would mm-hmm. not mind if we mm-hmm. put the Hawks parted ways with their starter. For sure. I still don't think they're getting a, a good enough. But when I look at Herb Jones' stats, I'm thinking, where's the improvement? Because mm-hmm. if he's only bringing you 11 points and three and a half boards, then that's telling me he's not really going to bring you the wing defender that you need. That That's mm-hmm. really interesting at this point because Sadiq can give you the points. Yep. But, and he's coming 
he's he's coming around. He's coming. It's coming together for him. But that's where my issue is with it. And then the other issue is what you mentioned is if there's any validity to this, then it makes me feel like, oh, my goodness, are we talking rebuild? Right. Like right. A, a month ago, I think that would have been more palatable. Mm-hmm. Because it certainly looked like the Hawks were never going to get it together. But now this iteration makes me wonder if that's still a viable conversation. Now, there are some things that we still have to consider. We'll tell you guys this. And then, of course, we'll keep you posted. And like Deshaun said, just follow us on social media at Locked On Sports Atlanta, at Tate's Take Hoops, at Tanitra Batiste, because we'll keep you guys up to date on any movement. But ultimately, I think my concern about this is, where where are the assets like do are there bargaining chips now i know there's a quirky little exception that the hawks got as a result of moving on from john collins so they still kind of have something sitting out there that doesn't look like draft picks and things of that sort but mm-hmm. i'm still not sure that that's enough like i'm still not sure that they have enough because there are still stipulations on what they can do with that i think it's like 25 mil or something like mil that or some, mm-hmm. yeah but there's still stipulations on what they could do with that so i don't know about this one but it's going to be an intriguing less than 24 hours for me deshaun i still say the bottom line is i see the hawks making a minor move at best but would not be surprised if they don't make a move at all and then if we hear from landry field on the other side of it and say hey we were out there considering suitors we were considering pursuing but we just yep. you know weren't, weren't able to consummate a deal I don't think it's going to happen with DeJounte. I'll be honest with you. I think that's kind of where we stand. We went through this whole thing with uh, John Collins, which I feel like was forever, at least two, three, three years, years minimum, three, three years. years. I think that's going to pan out to be the exact same thing or something similar to that when it comes to DeJounte Murray. Can't speak on some of the other guys, but uh, I think uh, if not nothing else, if there is a move to be made, I wouldn't be mad if it's uh, number 12 who's just recently been put on a minute restriction because I think we all see what Sadiq Bay looks like as a permanent starter, and I feel pretty good about that. I would agree the same. Yeah, I think this is a conversation that we'll be having in a different space come the end of April or maybe early May as we move into the end of the season, into the end of the regular season and start having conversations about free agency. Listen, like we said, we'll keep you posted. We appreciate you guys always for stopping by our Locked on Hawks postcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, for more on the Hawks, check out Locked on Hawks with our guy, Brad Rowland. We will see you Friday night.